You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome, everybody, to the recap show and the early look at pricing. This is Fantasy Football Today DFS. I am Sian Ajad, your host. And again, this recap show, we recap some lineups from last week, kind of teaching moments for myself and for everybody listening. But we also look at early pricing, and we're going to actually reverse the order this year. We're going to look at early pricing first because I know everybody wants to take a look at maybe some possible stacks. I know it's only a Tuesday. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at stacks. We're going to look at correlations. We're going to look at QB, running back, wide receiver, and tight end uh, before we do anything. But I got to touch on the New York Jets. I've I've got my green on. I was just talking to uh, today's producer, Zach Brook, who you all know. Uh, He's got some Garrett Wilson stock. And and I got to tell you, you know, this is just one of those moments in football where you just, no matter whether you're a Jets fan or not, you just feel bad uh, for everybody involved. Uh, As far as from the fantasy implication standpoint, I still think Garrett Wilson is going to get his touches. Certainly, touchdown equity is down a bit. I think Brees Hall, I think he looked really good. I'm not really a big Dalvin Cook guy this year, but I think there's a lot to consider. I mean, I would say Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson are the only guys that I would have any interest in, whether it's DFS, redraft, or otherwise. Uh, But tough sailing. Good job. Good job, New York Jets, for winning that game. Uh, Negligence on the part of the Buffalo Bills in terms of not getting out of there with a win. But I just wanted to touch on the Aaron Rodgers thing. Hopefully... He decides to rehab and come back uh, next year for the New York Jets. He's 39 years old. He'll be in his 40-year-old season. You know, we know Tom Brady did it for a few years after that. So hopefully Aaron Rodgers will will suit up again for the New York Jets. Well, listen, we're suiting up again for week two. So before we actually pull up the board, the DraftKings board, I do want to touch on some of the higher totals that we're going to have in week two. And we've got plenty of high totals, more high totals, more games to consider on the week one main slate than we had last week. I'll start with the Ravens and Bengals. It's a 46.5 point total. That's not a game I'm super intrigued by as of right now, but we'll see. You know, Mike McClure is going to be on our our game-by-game breakdown on Friday. Maybe he can convince me. We got the Chiefs and Jaguars. It's a 51 point total. By the way, well, side note, Patrick Mahomes' birthday is on the date of this game. So just throwing that out there. If you want to play that birthday narrative, He'll be playing at Jacksonville on his birthday. Again, 51-point total. Raiders at Bills. I think that's intriguing for multiple reasons, mostly because the Bills fell flat on their face yesterday in New York. That's a 47.5-point total. Then we've got the Seahawks and the Lions, a 49-point total. And then finally, the Chargers and Titans, a 46-point total. Now, those aren't all the games on the slate. Those are all the games that have a total of 46 or higher. I'll note that the afternoon slate, because we have two Monday night games, the afternoon slate, it's only three games deep, and they're all really low totals. And I got to say, if we're going to look at when we look at the recapping of the lineups, I do have an afternoon slate to show you all. 
And I think the afternoon slate is going to be really interesting, not just this week, but every week moving forward. I think it's something you all want, might want to touch on, get some comfort level with, because I think that's a softer slate. And you'll see how I cashed in the afternoon slate for week one, and it wasn't really that impressive of a lineup, in my opinion. All right. With all that said, let's get all of that stuff out of the way. I do want to note that I did a really poor job promoting the Fantasy Football Today DFS contest last week. Uh, I don't know that it's ready right now, but when it is, I'm going to tweet it out. We're going to talk about it on the Friday show with Mike McClure on our game-by-game breakdown. Let's try to fill that up as fast as possible. Tell your friends, because the reality is once we fill up the 200, then maybe we can start asking for more room, maybe a reduced rake, maybe no rake when it's all said and done. Maybe we can make this contest really big and really profitable uh, for everybody. But we've got to fill it up fast. So please, I ask for everybody's help on that. Make sure you're, you're subscribed to this podcast. Review it if you can. Zach, I think we should just go ahead and pull up the board now. But before we do that, before we do that, let's actually hear a word from our partners. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are back. This is Fantasy Football Today, DFS. And again, Zach, oh, by the way, uh, Zach and I have something in common. I'm going to pull him up at the end of the show here because... We're both Washington fans, and I gotta say, I thought that was going to be an easy win for us. I did really well, uh, really well on the Sportsline app. I went four and one. The one game I lost was the Bills last night on official plays, but I didn't have Washington as an official play. But I did think they were going to cover the seven. That was a little scary. Uh, but I, anyway, I do want to get Zach's opinion on that game and the future for Washington behind a formidable defense and a questionable offense. But forget about that. Washington plays. We're not going to be playing that game, I don't think, this week. Let's pull up the QBs up on DraftKings. And they're led by, listen, the most expensive guy. It makes sense, right? It makes sense that it is Patrick Mahomes at 8,300. I think the problem we run into when it comes to the Chiefs, and honestly, the, the team he plays is Jacksonville. I think it's a problem for Jacksonville, too, in terms of who do you pair Patrick Mahomes with? And so just Leading with Patrick Mahomes, I, I think he's going to be somewhat popular. I think Kelsey is going to play week two. We don't have official confirmation on that, but that's the way it's trending. So if you want to do a Mahomes-Kelsey stack, you're more than welcome to do that. It's very expensive. Um, I think Mike McClure will probably be leaning in that direction if history is any indication there. I like Mahomes. I just don't think if I'm only doing, let's say, three stacks, I'm not sure I'm getting there with Mahomes on, on that one at 8,300. So listen, I do think this is going to be a high-flying game. I do think the over probably comes in. I'll note that not only is Kelsey probably going to be back, but Chris Jones is going to be back on the defensive side. That does impact the, the other side of the ball. With that said, you know I scroll down or I look down and I see Trevor Lawrence at 6,700. I'm not really a Trevor Lawrence guy, but that connection to Calvin Ridley looked pretty legit. I think a double stack is in play. Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley, maybe Evan Ingram, who got 
a pretty solid, you know, target usage. I think he had five targets, caught four of them. I think Trevor Lawrence is definitely in play against Kansas City's secondary. Um, looking at his game log here, 24 of 32. I mean, it was it was kind of a weird game with Indianapolis. I think this is going to be a much different flow. Uh, and I think we're going to see probably a little bit of a better performance with Trevor. And we know he can do stuff with his legs as well. Let's scroll up a little scroll back up a little bit um, to some of those more expensive guys just to see if listen, Josh Allen, you know, this is one of those situations against Vegas where I think you can kind of explain away yesterday a little bit. I mean, Josh Allen was reckless. He was terrible. The decision-making was unbelievably bad, but it was against the Jets defense and it was week one. One thing we saw with week one, you know, in my opinion, a lot of these formidable offenses, not all of them, but a lot of them were just really sketchy. It was week one. We only have three games of the preseason. And in that preseason, the starters usually only play the equivalent of one to two quarters. So it wouldn't shock me at all if Josh Allen and his weaponry uh, bounce back against of all defenses, the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, come on, this is not a good defense. Buffalo's at home. It's a really good bounce back spot for Josh Allen. We can talk about potentially who to pair him with when we get to receivers, but obviously Stefan Diggs is in play. There's going to be some cheap options like Deontay Hardy, who got a lot of looks early yesterday. Uh, Dawson Knox got some looks. Dalton Kincaid got some looks. So uh, James Cook is another guy who got some looks in the passing game specifically. So between Mahomes and Josh Allen, I think I'd actually prefer Josh Allen there. We see Lamar. We see Justin Fields here. I'm not super interested in these games. And, and, and I say that just noting the following. I'm not, I can't stack every game, right? So, I mean, I, I can't say I like everybody. So certainly Jackson's intriguing to me. I don't know that I'm going to get there with him. Justin Fields, a little intriguing to me as well. A guy who has been on this show in our offseason series, Sticks Picks, uh, noted something about Fields that he was a little intrigued by him. So, you know, we'll wait and see. I'd like to see if Mike McClure is interested in that as well. Uh, Justin Herbert at Tennessee. I got to be honest with you. I think Tennessee slows that game down. I think Tennessee is live to score some points there too. I think even though Tajay Spears got a lot of got a lot of run for Tennessee, I think this could be a nice Derrick Henry spot, uh, knowing what the Dolphins did both on the ground and through the air uh, against the Los Angeles Chargers. So, um, not really interested in Justin Herbert, but I mean, I think a Tannehill punt is, I don't know, if you're in a huge GPP, I think that's potentially in play. Uh, we can scroll down a little bit. You know, again, Burrow's in play. I might not be on that Baltimore-Cincinnati game in general. Maybe some pieces here and there, like a Zay Flowers, for example. But I just don't think that's a game that is going to be leading for me from a stacking standpoint. As we get down here, listen, Anthony Richardson, extremely intriguing. You're about to see a recap lineup that we're going to do after this early look where I had Anthony Richardson. If you remember from our game-by-game -game breakdown, he was a lottery ticket for us. Both Mike and I did like An Anthony Richardson, and he really paid off. And I think at Houston, he can really pay off too. He took a hard hit at the end of the game, but I don't think that's going to impact his gameplay. He's certainly starting next week uh, at Houston. There's really nobody else to consider for me as we scroll down. I think Jared Goff is interesting at home against Seattle. That absolutely could be a shootout. I just don't know that I'm getting there with Jared Goff. But I certainly think a Jared Goff, Amon Ross St. Brown stack is very, very much in play uh, for that game. And there's obviously a ton of runbacks you can do there. Tyler Lockett got a ton of work. DK Metcalf got DK Metcalf got a ton of work. Not so sure about Ken Walk in that situation. But that game, Geno Smith, Jared Goff, you can obviously stack both ways. Smith at 5,900, Goff at 6,200. Those are reasonable prices. It's going to be easy to stack that game if that's what you want to do. Not sure I'm going to get there. Between the two, though, it's probably going to be Geno Smith for me. I'll save the 300. And, and 
actually, I'm changing my mind. It'll probably be golf to Amon Ross St. Brown. That's probably how I'll play that if I end up getting there. Let's scroll down to, I think there was somebody at 4,900 that I might have liked. I'm not playing Sam Howell, by the way, if anybody wanted. Oh, it was, it was Tannehill. Listen, I think if you want to get really gross and take a five. Listen, Tennessee drove against New Orleans. First of all, they covered the spread. So great teams cover. Uh, they drove the ball on the Saints pretty well. They were just awful in the red zone. And I think when you consider the red zone, there's certainly variance there. I think it's possible that Tannehill could rush for a touchdown um, at at home against the Chargers. I think it's possible that he could get Traylon Burks, D-Hop involved, maybe a passing touchdown to Tajay Spears or D- Derrick Henry. He's only 5K. I'm not saying I'm playing him in my cash games. I'm just saying in GPPs, I don't absolutely hate it. It's not going to be tough for him to pay off his price in what should be, if the Chargers push them offensively, should be a higher scoring affair than people think. All right, I think we can move on to running backs there. Um, If you have questions, obviously, feel free to tweet at us, uh, message us. But again, our game-by-game breakdown, that's where we're really going to – first of all, we'll entertain any questions you have. But that's where we're really going to get into the meat and potatoes of our correlations, our preferred stacks. You know, Mike does his top three at each position. Speaking of top, Christian McCaffrey's at the top. And we talked about it last week. Listen, I wasn't big on CMC last week. I I don't think I ended up playing him – at all. If, if I did, I, I don't recall in my 10 to 12 lineups that I made. I don't think he was in any of them, but we talked about how he was going to be low owned and that this Pittsburgh defense, while formidable, doesn't really matter because CMC can always find himself in space. Thanks to Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan. And listen, I had the Niners in that game to cover the spread. Everybody was on the darlings of Pittsburgh because apparently they had a good preseason. Okay, I think we see how much that's worth. Uh, This is a really, really good San Francisco 49ers defense, if not the best in the league, one of the top two or three defenses in the league. And again, Kyle Shanahan offenses, you can find CMC in space at 8,900. I don't think that's too expensive. Uh, Again, I don't know if I'm getting there because I haven't really formulated my lineup constructions there, but he's absolutely live. Eckler is interesting. He's shaking off an ankle injury for, listen, he put up great stats, but he did pick up an ankle injury in that game. And given that Joshua Kelly was so involved and he was good, frankly, Kelly was pretty good last year too. I know last year going into the season, people thought Isaiah Spiller was going to be a thing. Not me. Joshua Kelly all the way was sort of the backup between the tackles guy, if you recall um, me saying that last year. But I think Eckler is pretty dangerous. I think Joshua Kelly's definitely in play. He's going to be very cheap. So that's just something to consider. But then again, the Tennessee defense, do you beat him through the running game? Probably not. You beat him through the passing game. So if Eckler's injured, I don't know that I go down to Joshua Kelly in that situation because I do think Eckler's probably going to suit up and and play. So we'll monitor that. Saquon Barkley at Arizona. I don't mind that at all. Really good bounce back spot for the Giants. Arizona played Washington really tough, really good, really good game. But I think this is more of a bounce back spot for the Giants than it is Arizona kind of holding their own against uh, two NFC East teams in back to back weeks. Uh, Brian Robinson. Oh, excuse me. Bajan Robinson. Uh, at home against Green Bay, I'm, I'm avoiding that. I'm not going there. I'm not going to Tony Pollard against the Jets. We saw what they did. Again, Derrick Henry is somebody I like. I think Josh Jacobs is really sneaky. Um, let's actually pull up his game log because I think people will be somewhat surprised at, and he is at, no, you can scroll up. He is at uh, 7,100. You know, 19 attempts. This is, this is week one. I think people thought maybe we were going to scale back some of his workload. Three targets, two receptions for 23 yards, and then 19 carries for 48 yards. And if we go back to this matchup, Buffalo got gashed. Buffalo got gashed by Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, even though they should have been expecting the run, especially with Zach Wilson at quarterback. I think Josh Jacobs is live for maybe three or four receptions. We can go back to the to the running back, Zach. Um, I think he's live for three or four receptions. 
And he's certainly live for 18 to 20 carries in, in, in a game that I think Las Vegas thinks they can potentially win. So I think Jacobs at 7,100 is extreme value. Aaron Jones, I played a little bit of last week. He's at 6,600 on DraftKings. You know, he picked up an injury as well, a hamstring. And those soft tissue injuries, I, I, you know, I don't think he's going to play. Uh, and even if he does, I'd be really, really worried that, that you know, he, he might aggravate that soft tissue injury. So I think it might be time to maybe consider A.J. Dillon in an expanded role at Atlanta. Uh, I think that's an interesting game that, that we're really going to slow that game down. It's probably going to be a lot of A.J. Dillon, a lot of the short area passing game. Dobbs had a nice game last week. I don't think Christian Watson's going to play again, but we'll have to wait and see on that. As far as the 6,300 and below, I think Jameer Gibbs is interesting, notably more expensive than David Montgomery, who is 5,800. But I think Gibbs has that big playability. His usage could have been a little bit better, but he's at home on in the Detroit Dome against Seattle. I think we're going to see Jameer Gibbs sort of ramp up his usage a little bit, and I do think he can get loose against the Seattle defense. Uh, so Jameer Gibbs at 6,300, very intriguing. I don't think he's going to be super high owned because of his price tag and because he is a split carry guy, but something to consider there. James Cook at 6,100, another guy that's very, very interesting to me. Uh, the usage I absolutely loved. And honestly, if it wasn't for that Jets defense, which was flying around, there would have been a few occasions where James Cook would have gotten loose. And for the record, not only did Josh Allen throw three interceptions, but James Cook was pretty open. I believe it was a wheel route. He was just running down the sideline and all Allen had to do was lead James Cook. And I believe that game would have turned into instead of 13 to three, maybe 20 to three. And it just was a short throw by Allen. He's extremely rusty. So I think James Cook is live for touchdowns through the air and through the ground. As we scroll down, not super interested in this 5k range. Um, Damian Pierce fell flat on his face. We kind of predicted that. Uh, Kenneth Walker, uh, we thought he might have a good game last week. Not, not great game, not a great game from him. Khalil Herbert, a lot of his carries, a lot of his usage was was kind of taken by Roshan Johnson, who I think is interesting. Javante Williams at home against Washington, not super interested there. Let's scroll down a little bit, see if we can find somebody else uh, that's cheap in this running attack. There's Joshua Kelly at a flat 5K. At Tennessee, I, I don't hate the play. I mean, it's, it's good savings. There's Roshan Johnson at 4,900. He's interesting. Oh, here we go. Justice Hill at Cincinnati. So here's, here's what I'm going to do with Justice Hill. He's going to be chalky. Uh, don't forget, unfortunately, there wasn't only one Achilles injury uh, this week. Uh, J.K. Dobbins also ruptured his Achilles, and hopefully we'll see him on the field again. Uh, some of these guys just have tough luck with injuries. It's just the NFL is just can be such a brutal sport just from a bad luck standpoint. Sterling Shepard comes to mind where he can't stay on the field, and he has like horrific injuries every time he gets hurt. But I think Justice Hill is probably the piece I'm going to pull from this game. I may correlate it with somebody on the other side. I may even play Justice Hill with Zay Flowers, no Lamar Jackson, just because those are going to be cheap pieces for me to get in a game that does have a high total. And then maybe on the other side, I go right back to Chase. So it's not a game I'm stacking necessarily, but I am pulling a few pieces from the game. Uh, Justice Hill, Jamar Chase, and uh, Zay Flowers. They are relatively cheap options when you combine them together. Obviously, Jamar Chase is going to be expensive, but the other two options – very cheap. I think that's where I'm getting um, live in this game, and I'm fading Burrow and Lamar Jackson. Um, scrolling down a bit, I don't think there's anybody else. I think Zach Moss is interesting. He should be back in week two, but even if he is, I think you have to ask yourself the question, what's his workload? Now, it's a nice matchup at Houston, but does he get a full complement of carries coming off a broken arm? Is he in shape? I mean, how much is he protecting that arm? How much can he hold the ball You know, when he's switching hands like that broken arm? like, like what, what kind of brace is on there? 
I think those are questions you have to ask. So as appealing as the 4,700 looks against a terrible Houston rush defense, you do have to ask yourself the question, even though Deion Jackson was horrible, does Evan Hall get some carries? Does, does Deion Jackson get some work? Um, how much work does Zach Moss get? So we'll have to maybe wait and read the tea leaves, maybe read some beat reporter stuff uh, as we get to our game-by-game breakdown on Friday. But I'm not super stoked to play Zach Moss. Let's be honest about Zach Moss, too. He's not exactly dynamic. So if he's splitting carries with one or two other backs – you know, does he get there for you? Tajay Spears is interesting at 4,600, a ton of usage. This guy is legit, man. Like he is a rookie. He is absolutely legit. He is very dynamic. Um, if we can anticipate another, you know, listen, let's, let's actually click on his game long because I think it's going to surprise some people in terms of his touches. Um, Tajay Spears had, let's see, only three rushes for 27 yards, but four targets, one reception. I I could have sworn he had more production than that. Uh, clearly, I'm wrong there. Um, still, four targets, three attempts. Let's see if let's see if that grows a little bit in week two. Again, I thought the production was a little bit more from Tajay. Wrong about that. But yeah, I think he's at least interesting against the Chargers of all teams. Let's think of Tajay Spears as like a discount Jameer Gibbs, where you know you have David Montgomery. He's going to get the line share of the carries. He's going to get the carries inside the five yard line, maybe even inside inside the red zone to a large degree. But Tajay Spears will be utilized, especially when you consider that the Tennessee Titan weaponry is really lacking. Like Traylon Brooks, we're not sure what he is. He's certainly not experienced. D-Hop, we're not really sure what he is anymore. D-Henry, we know what he is. I just think Tajay Spears is one of those guys you have to exploit his versatility, his talent, his agility, his speed. And I do think Tennessee is going to start to do that. All right, let's move over to the wide receivers. And again, we're going to finish up with wide receivers and tight ends, and then we're going to take a quick look at, at some of the uh, some of my lineups uh, from last week. And Stefan Diggs, listen, he had a nice game. I think he's going to have another nice game. I thought obviously Josh Allen kind of force fed him a little bit, and and I I don't know that that helped the Bills long term. Stefan Diggs made a ton of great catches. I do think he's live uh, in this one. I think a Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs stack is live. It's extremely expensive. So I'm not 100% sure I'm going to get there. I think he will play Josh Allen naked potentially because he has so many receivers that he spreads it around to. I think you can play him with some cheaper pieces potentially and hope you get there with a Deontay Hardy, for example, with a James Cook. Kind of like that Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler situation where you're just trying to grab all of the points. And what I mean by that is you're trying to grab all the points that are the passing points from the quarterback. And Josh, in this case, it'd be Josh Allen and all the rushing points. And you're hoping Damian Harris doesn't really get much. And you're getting the production from James Cook through the running game, of course, by playing him, but also through the passing game uh, with Josh Allen. So that might be the way to play that. Amon Ross St. Brown, I absolutely love it, 7,800. Uh, so I'm going to try to find a way to probably, even though Jamar Chase has a tough matchup, I'm probably going to try to find a way. And we see here Amon Ross St. Brown, six of eight targets, 71 yards, and a touchdown. I expect the usage to be even better against Seattle, considering Detroit is at home. I expect the production to be even better, even though it was great last week. I'm going to find a way to, to get Chase and Amon Ross St. Brown in the same lineup. And I, again, I understand it's a tough spot for Chase, but I feel like ownership will be depressed a little bit after what we saw last week, knowing that the Baltimore Ravens, it's a formidable defense overall. Uh, those two could, I think, both go off. As we scroll down here, I think Devontae Adams is interesting. Not sure I'm going to get there. I mean, I, I think, if anything, when you're trying to exploit Buffalo, I, I think it's through the running game. Their secondary is finally healthy. They've got all their guys. Adams is matchup proof, and he's only 7,600, so I don't hate it. Um, I'm just not in love with it. I'm more in love with Calvin Ridley in that highest uh, total game, Kansas City at Jacksonville. Uh, DK Metcalf is obviously in play. 7,000 is too cheap for DK Metcalf. Let's tell you that right now. DK Metcalf in a, in a high-scoring game. This is a game, it's, it's not really sexy in my opinion in the sense that 
Geno Smith and Jared Goff are not running quarterbacks. But I feel like, you know, what you do want to look at, too, is the concentration of targets. And we know even though JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba is on this team and Charbonnet might get some targets, too, in the backfield, it really is the DK Metcalf and Lockett show. And Lockett, we see it at 6,100. That's super cheap, too. So a Geno double stack is in play with perhaps an Amon Ross St. Brown run back. You could even just absolutely slam this game and throw in Jameer Gibbs. Like you can afford all of these things because the quarterbacks are pretty cheap and these these receivers are super low priced. Uh, T. Higgins, I don't think I'm, I'm throwing the dart there against Baltimore. I'd just rather pay up for Chase. Again, I mentioned Lockett. 6,100 is a good price. Godwin, I think 6,000 is a pretty good price there. We can scroll down a little bit. I'm not playing Gabe Davis, not playing, playing Brandon IU. Christian Watson, I can't expect him to be healthy whether he's on the field or not. Uh, Terry McLaurin, no. Like none of these guys, you know, DJ Moore, I think is interesting. If, if you anticipate, hey, nobody's going to play DJ Moore for obvious reasons, what he did last week, and nobody's going to play Justin Fields. And even though I normally like to play Justin Fields naked, maybe a stack is in play against a Tampa Bay defense that isn't super formidable. I think that stack is in play. I don't know if I'm getting there or not, but I do think it's in play. Um, as we scroll down, nobody I love here other than Zay Flowers at five, at a flat 5K. We already talked about him. A very easy piece. Actually, let's click on his game log. Maybe that's where my confusion was because I know, not that I should be confusing Zay Flowers and Tajay Spears of all people in different positions, but look at this. This kid is legit. Like this is like this is a guy, and I've made this comp before. And I can't remember if I if I took it from somebody. I can't remember if I read somebody else's comp or if it was just something I saw after watching film. Uh, so I'd love to give credit where it's due, but he reminds me of Antonio Brown. When he catches the ball and he gets in space, this guy is a rocket ship. Nine, he caught nine of ten for seventy-eight in, in a game where you might have thought, after looking at just the 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 game itself, hey, the, their top receiver might have had you know, five targets. Like Zay Flowers is that dude. It's not Odell. We know Mark Andrews was injured, but even if Mark Andrews plays, I think Zay Flowers is going to see a ton of targets. So absolutely love that. And we got to bring up Puka Nakua at 4,900. We're about to get to my lineups. And I'll tell you this, if I had played uh, Puka Nakua instead of Marvin Mims in one of my lineups, and I had intended on doing that in some of my lineups, I just didn't get around to it. Um, just me kind of forgetting because it was one of those things where I had Mims kind of locked in and I did want to diversify my portfolio a little bit. I would have won $25,000. You're about to see a lineup that would have won $25,000 if I had just made that simple change to Nakua or even Atwell. If I had made either of those changes, and I wasn't on Atwell. I did bring up Puka Nakua last week, though. Um, yeah, so instead I won $400 instead of $25,000 because I had Mims in that big-time lineup. So we can scroll down a little bit, see if we see anybody else. Obviously, Tutu Atwell is there at $4,700. Listen, I mean, Nakua and Atwell are, are just going to be interesting plays. Now, granted, they're playing the San Francisco 49ers, but you also have to understand that's going to be a negative game script and you could see some easy targets and some gimmicky stuff from Sean McVay like one thing Sean McVay is good at much like Kyle Shanahan is finding his his players in the right spots in space so it wouldn't surprise me even against San Francisco's formidable defense if Tutu Atwell and uh, Puka Nakua find themselves with five six seven catches it just wouldn't surprise me at all Kadarius Tony's super interesting to me at 4600 we know what he did last week ownership probably going to be depressed on him for very obvious reasons but who are you going to pair Patrick Mahomes with on his birthday? I mean, Kelsey, likely, if he's healthy. So that's fine. Uh, what if you wanted to do a double stack and you wanted to maybe bring that, that high cost of Mahomes and uh, Mahomes and Travis Kelsey uh, down a little bit with Kadarius Tony? And by the way, I happen to know 
that Zach, who's producing this show today, has a Kadarius Tony stat. And Zach, I'd love to hear it because I want to know, first of all, if you're playing Kadarius Tony in DFS week and what, what is your stat? I mean, if he's going to have a bounce back week, it's this week because no one's no one's playing him. No one's playing him in season long. No one's playing him in dynasty. No one's probably playing him in DFS. Most people probably, especially if you have him on your roster, you're cutting him. But interesting stat. It's not a great stat, but it's it's a real stat. He outscored Drake London and T Higgins last week. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, he had that one. They had zero. So we we I buried him on Twitter. Obviously, a lot of drops wasn't great. Talked a lot of smack in the off season on Twitter. Was not a great game, nationally TV game. But you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. A lot of guys didn't show up this week, and he at least got you one point. I mean, okay, yeah, that's the glass. The glass is half full. Uh, that yeah. is. Uh, by the way, make sure you follow Zach at Zbrook. He he um. He's got some good stuff that he puts out there. And he obviously he he does some stuff from the main fantasy football today account. Again, I implore everybody to I think everybody who watches this probably already follows fantasy football today, probably already follows you, Zach, at Zbrook. But also um, make sure you subscribe to this show, the, the, the podcast version of this show, so you can listen to it at any time. Um, there's a couple more receivers to get to. I think I, Nico Collins is somewhere in this vicinity. I think he's in the 4,700 range. I think he's at least you, you'd have to scroll up for him. Um, I think he's at least interesting. Uh, again, like I think he's 4,700, but either way, he was 4,700 last week. I know that much. There he is. He's 4,800. So we went up 100. Indianapolis defense uh, can get exposed. We saw Nico Collins. He's the clear number one on this team, which doesn't mean a lot because I think CJ Stroud is going to have some problems, but this is a good matchup. And we know, listen, 11 targets, six receptions, 80 yards. I mean, this is exactly what you're looking for from somebody who's 4,800. I, I do think both teams slow this game down. I think the running game really comes into play. It might be the time maybe to consider Damian Pierce, even though his usage was like pretty terrible. My, my point is, I think Nico Collins is going to get his targets regardless. So something to consider there. The only other receiver I want to bring up for now, and again, we'll have more value to bring up uh, on Friday, is Khalif Raymond, who I believe you might have to type him in, uh, Zach, in the player search because he's somewhere down in the depths there. There we go. 3,200. Now let's consider... It, is is it only was it only one target? You know, maybe I'm thinking of Josh Reynolds. I could have sworn Khalif Raymond had more than one target. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll have to double check that. Uh, if I'm if I'm right, that means DraftKings is wrong. So I'm probably wrong. Go to let's type in Josh Reynolds, see what his production was. Because I could have sworn Khalif Raymond had a legit box score. Like it's it's imploring me to check it from last Thursday because. I could have sworn he he had a pretty legit app. Oh, here we go. It's Josh Reynolds. I just got them confused. Josh Reynolds, four catches for uh, seven targets, uh, four catches, 80 yards. Okay, that's what I'm looking for. So consider that Marvin Jones was terrible last week. They don't have Jameson Williams for the first six weeks. It's going to be the Amon Ross St. Brown show, a little bit to Gibbs. Obviously, they've got Sam Laporta, who I think is interesting from a tight end standpoint. But Josh Reynolds is really interesting at, what what is his price, Zach? 3700 in a high-scoring game, that's a really good way to get cheap here. Jared Goff, not a running quarterback. What does that mean? It means you probably want to stack him with two receivers. You don't have to. But if you were going to stack a quarterback with two receivers, you generally want to do it with the non-rushing quarterbacks because it's very likely that if the non-rushing quarterback like a Jared Goff is going to get there, it's, he's going to get there, like when I say get there, I mean like 350 passing yards, four touchdowns. He's probably going to get there with two of his pass catchers. So I think you could pay up for Amon Ross St. Brown. You pay medium for Jared Goff. And you pay down for Josh Reynolds. It allows you to do a lot. You can bring back 
DK Metcalf, if you want, maybe just one bring back. Maybe you bring out bring back two uh, with with Tyler Lockett. I'd probably just bring back one, and then it kind of opens up the world to you to do whatever you want, um, or almost whatever you want at some of the other positions. All right, let's move to tight end real quick, and then we'll bring up some lineups to recap very quickly. Um, Travis Kelsey, like let's let's see if he's healthy. If he is, seventy six hundred is a certainly a reasonable price. It's a high scoring game. Uh, the Mahomes-Kelsey stack is obviously in play. I'm very curious to see what Mike McClure says uh, about that at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on our on Friday, which is our game-by-game preview. By the way, 11 o'clock EST every single Friday from here on out, me and Mike do our game-by-game breakdown, which again includes his top three and our cheat sheets. And uh, Evan Ingram, I think he's a piece that you can get in this game very cheap. Let's look at his box score real quick. I think he caught four or five targets uh, last week. And he had a just it was it was a, a modest amount of yardage, but it was still pretty decent production. I think he could go off a little bit for uh, for Jacksonville, if you, especially if you wanted to maybe double stack Trevor Lawrence. I think Ridley and Ingram are certainly in play. Um, Dalton Schultz, I think, is really interesting. Dalton Schultz had a flat 4K. He is an absolute target monster uh, for CJ Stroud. They paid him the money to, to come over here and be a target monster, and that's exactly what he was uh, in week one. So I expect more of the same. 4000 is a very reasonable price for Dalton Schultz, who could find the end zone this time. And Sam Laporta, another guy who got a ton of usage, and Seattle doesn't defend the tight end well at all. So I, I just think uh, Schultz and Laporta are some of the cheap, cheap options that I like. And then Kate Otten is another guy. He's down there, I think, in like the 3,300, 3,400 range. Uh, Kate Otten's certainly um, very formidable, at least just from a production standpoint. Where is he? He is right there at 3,100. I mean, that that is a really, really good cheap option, in my opinion. So somebody to consider. I see Dawson Knox down there at 3,100. He got way more usage than I expected. I thought a lot more targets would go to Dalton Kincaid. They both ended up getting some targets. But Dawson Knox at 3,100 against the Raiders, I don't know if I'll get there, uh, but I certainly don't hate that. All right. Well, before we do our recap, I've got three lineups to show you. One of them is a cash lineup, and it's not even a very good cash lineup, but it cashed. And the point is, and we've been stressing this, me and Mike, early in the season, the money, there's a lot of casual money in here, and it's just very soft. It's going to be a lot more efficient. It's going to be a lot harder to cash in these cash games when we get to, let's say, week eight, week nine. But weeks one, weeks two, week week three, like those are the weeks to really uh, maximize uh, the, the, the cash game. So we're going to look at a cash game. We're going to look at an afternoon slate tournament, and we're going to look at just a regular main slate GPP. Um, but first, we're going to hear a word from our partners. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me, and also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Fiore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger, and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viori.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles... 
chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we are back, Fantasy Football Today, DFS. This is your recap show, uh, which we haven't done yet, but it's also your early look. We'll be doing an early look uh, at, at stuff I like, but just pricing you might like too, um, some value, things of that nature, some correlations that I like. So we just did that part. Let's finally get to the recap that I've been talking about. Let's pull up the first uh, lineup. I, I, I did, a, I think it was maybe 12 uh, different lineups last week, and this is one of them. So this is the afternoon slate. And the reason I brought this up, this one did really well. It was a $100 entry, I believe. And it, uh, I won 400 here. The reason I bring this up is because I don't think there was much to this. And, and, and this is this is where I really want to implore everybody, listen, you don't have to just do the main slate. You just don't have to do that. You can do the early slate, which which last week was eight games, and, and the late the afternoon slate was five games. And I just think it's it, if you look at this and you see what I did to win $400 um, to, to put up this score, you'll be like, okay, you know, this is a lineup I, I might have made. So I have... Obviously, I'm stressing the the Chargers-Dolphins game. I've got Justin Herbert, and I've got Mike Williams, who, by the way, didn't really do anything. I've got Tyreek Hill, who you know was basically my favorite player on the slate. Same with Mike McClure, highest projected guy on the slate, as Mike McClure said on our game-by-game breakdown. Raheem Mostert, obvious value, super chalky. That's okay. Um, Aaron Jones, I didn't necessarily expect him to be this chalky, but keep in mind these percentages are because the afternoon slate is condensed. So you're going to get higher percentages here. I put in Luke Musgrave, uh, who didn't do much, and Austin Eckler, I put him in there, and the Packers defense. Uh, Packers defense seemed like a pretty obvious play considering the price. And listen, this is this is there's nothing special here. Aaron Jones is, is, is correlating him with the Packers. Like, that made a lot of sense to me. I got all the pieces I wanted from the... Um, from the Chargers Dolphins game, I threw in Marvin Mims, who did nothing. I threw in Luke Musgrave, and I still, you know, 4X to my buy in. Well, you know, whether it's a $100 buy in or, or $10 buy in, you, you know, in theory, you're winning 40 bucks instead of 400 if, if you if you drop your buy in down. But again, these afternoon slates, you can, you don't even have to get that creative. And because it's a softer market, because so many people are paying attention to the main slate, you can really like, I frankly, do better than you did in the in the main slate. I, I had a couple lineups that did really, really well in the main slate, and a couple lineups that were trash because I I liked Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. That was one of my my main stacks, as everybody knows. So those lineups didn't well didn't do well. But again, afternoon slate. Take a look at it this week. It's really interesting because there's only three games, and the totals between those three games are between 39 points and 44. So there won't be a lot of scoring, which I don't think anybody should mind that, right? Because it's all relative. We're, we're working with what we have, and I just think. Um, we should probably start touching on this afternoon slate a little bit more because I do think there's some value there. Let's switch up to another lineup, Zach. Let's go to, I think we're probably going to my main slate non, main slate lineup next, but you can pull up the cash one too, whichever one you want to start with. Um, this one, oh, this is the main slate lineup that won 300. And look at this. So if I had actually, just so you know, this was a contest with 24,500 people. Um, if I had just switched out Marvin Mims for Puka Nakua, I would have won the 25,000. So I think this one ended up, here we go, it ended up in 47th place. Nothing super special about this. Again, Aaron Jones ended up kind of being the key to this lineup in, in the sense that he was the play that, you know, maybe wasn't talked about as much as your Austin Ecklers, as much as, much as your Anthony Richardson's, your Tyreek Hills. And I had the correlation here 
uh, with Jacksonville in Indy with Anthony Richardson stacked with Pittman this time, not playing them naked here. Anthony Richardson to Pittman. They both got there. And then I brought it back, not with Etienne, not with Christian Kirk, not with Evan Ingram, but with Calvin Ridley. And I'll be honest, I didn't have a lot of Calvin Ridley stock this week, but I did pepper him in here and there. And this one really, really paid off. So again, these running quarterbacks like Anthony Richardson, yeah, you can play them naked, but we know who his primary receiver is. We know for a fact his primary receiver is Michael Pittman. So if he were to be successful through the air, it's going to be with Michael Pittman. And we have situations like that across the NFL where we have quarterbacks we don't necessarily trust with their arm, but they have a main, main target. They have a main primary target. In this case, it's Michael Pittman. Isaiah likely didn't do me any favors. But then again, if I went with Musgrave, yeah, I would have gotten more points, but it, it wouldn't have been. Um, anything great, I probably would have bumped up to, to 400 instead of 300. Marvin Mims didn't do anything in Commander's chalky defense. So this is a main slate lineup. I played the chalky defense. Um, Anthony Richardson at sub 5% is actually kind of shocking to me. Uh, the, the stack with Michael Pittman, 1.8%. Like that's why I can play a somewhat chalky Eckler, a chalky Aaron Jones, a chalky Tyreek Hill, and a chalky Calvin Ridley. Because again, my stack, the total ownership on my stack was 7%. Not even. So again, you can play chalk, even in tournaments, but you got to get different somewhere. And if your stack is different, uh, if nobody's playing Michael Pittman and Anthony Richardson, which basically nobody played, uh, you're good to go. So uh, really like this lineup. Start thinking about that for week two. What's a stack that maybe not everybody's on? And if you're on a popular stack, that's fine too. Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen last week was just fine. But where are you getting different? Where are the one or two pieces where you're, you're definitely getting different? In this case, it happened to be my stack. Uh, let's go to my cash game. And I bring this up because I'll, I'll always probably bring up a, a cash game. But uh, look how soft this is. I mean, my cash game is nothing special. It was a it was a hundred dollars single entry. By the way, just just a note here: when you're doing cash games, especially right now, look for contests that have like a good amount of people in them, somewhere between let's say five hundred and five thousand, and make sure they're single entry as opposed to multi entry. Um, just throw in a, a single entry here. Again, this is nothing impressive about this. I have Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. So I, that, that was one of those situations I was referring to early where I just took all the points from that game. I, I just sort of guaranteed myself all the points from that game, the passing points through Herbert, the rushing points through Austin Eckler. Ironically, Joshua Kelly got a lot of work too, but Eckler, because of that connection with Justin Herbert, I ended up getting a ton of points from that. Deion Jackson, pretty terrible. He had two fumbles in that game. Uh, almost scored a touchdown at the end of the game and got stopped, I believe, at the two-yard line. Tyreek Hill was amazing. Uh, Jaden Reed didn't do anything. Jamar Chase didn't do anything. Isaiah Likely didn't do anything. Raheem Mostert, no fire emoji there. Commander's defense. So what am I telling you right now? Am I telling you this is a good lineup? Nope. I'm telling you that I was in the top half very comfortably of this cash game, of this cash contest, with Austin Eckler and Tyreek Hill and the Commander's defense going off, and everybody else either being ice cold or basically being flat relative to their price. This is why you need to play cash games. There's a psychological factor at play here too, because you don't want to just enter tournaments. And if you're not in the top 20, 22%, you got $0 coming back. Like that's just not a cool way to play DFS. It's just not, it's not good for you to think that you're bad at DFS because you're only in the, the high leverage, high variant situations of GPP. So always include, even if you're just too stubborn to, to play like, 50% cash games, which is what you should be doing right now, in my opinion, at least play 20, 25% of your bankroll in cash games and try to get some of that positive feedback with some green. You're not going to win all your cash games, but with some green um, week to week, I think it's really important just to maintain your psyche when it comes to NFL DFS because NFL DFS can be hard. Um, all right. So those are the three lineups. If you have any questions about those lineups or about my construction or correlations, um, 
obviously uh, you can tweet at me and, and ask me or, or message me, whatever you want to do. Zach, I got to pull you on the show because right behind me, I pointed the wrong way. Right behind me, this one is Santana Moss holding up the 21. And it's so nice, by the way, Zach, to see, you know, when I'm watching the game now, I've moved to DC now. Um, so that's my excuse, by the way, for not putting Puka Nakua in for Marvin Mims. It's, it's actually a legitimate excuse. I left Marvin Mims in like almost all my lineups and I just really wish I made that change. But the point is I'm in DC now. It's really nice to see every time I go to these games where I watch the games, there's more Sean Taylor jerseys than anything. We don't have to comment on that. I'm just kind of pointing that out. Uh, so you see Santana Moss behind me if you're watching on YouTube, holding up the 21 for Sean Taylor. But I can't imagine, Zach, and we'll only spend a couple minutes on this and then we'll get out of here. I can't imagine that last week gave you hope, but maybe I'm wrong. It gave me hope for the future. This season I was not expecting much. I, I'm not as high on Sam Howell as most people. I agree. Um, I think there's way. a re- reason he slipped to the fifth round because these talent, talent, talent evaluators know hell of a lot more than we do mm-hmm. and no one wanted him so he slipped he played one game last year he had a great preseason against backups did not look great i, I was personally thrilled when they got percent i think eventually he'll take over but i also do think this coaching staffs are fighting for their jobs and if hal's not it I, I mean this is the perfect year to just go all in go all in on caleb williams he's a dc native he would happily play for the team there's new ownership He's an exciting prospect. You, the games would be electric, but the coaching staff is not tanking. This is this is not going to happen. So I don't know if they're going to get him, but for Hal, wasn't that great? The offensive line had a lot of issues. Um, yeah, the, the defense looked good. I don't know what's going on with Chase Young. Um, I know he didn't get that fifth year option. Apparently his neck's not great, but the knees apparently healed. So the defense, the defensive line looked good. You add Chase Young into that mix. I'm excited. I'm thrilled about the new ownership. I can't I can't state that enough. But the fact that they were all on the ropes against the Cardinals yeah. was not good. No, it, it wasn't good. I mean, Josh Dobbs has only been on – and I like Josh Dobbs as a backup quarterback, but he was only on that team for two weeks. Just like with Tennessee last year, he was only on the team for two weeks, and he played back-to-back games, one against Jacksonville where they had the lead up until three minutes left, and if they had maintained it, Jacksonville doesn't make the playoffs, and Tennessee does. It's just funny how things uh, work out, but – yeah, I agree with you. It wasn't promising. And listen, if you're going to roll out a, a quarterback that we have a lot of questions about in Sam Howell, you, you, it's hard to do that behind a bad offensive line. And so that's really what we saw. And he made a lot of mistakes. He's a gunslinger. He reminds me a lot of Taylor Heineke with a stronger arm, admittedly. But outside of that, I mean, what's the difference? I, I just like these are these guys are gunslingers. They're going to turn the ball over. They're going to make some great plays, too. But, they, you know, they're not going to get you to the playoffs. I think that's the unfortunate reality. I hope for the record, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying I, I hope I'm wrong. But that's sort of what I see. And it's funny that you brought up Caleb Williams because, in theory, we all know that Arizona appears to be tanking for Caleb Williams. And that's the very team that could have, maybe should have beat us on Sunday. And then, you know, how, how would that narrative have shifted? Well, if Arizona can beat Washington, well, then Arizona's better than Washington, or at least that's what people would have thought in that moment. And maybe it's Washington's turn to adopt that theory of, of tanking or collapsing for Caleb or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah. Um, now, Interesting game, how things play out. Do you remember the game a couple of years ago when they played against the Dolphins when Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback of the Dolphins? And they were, it was the year they were in the mix for the top five pick. And they, the Dolphins were clearly tanking for Tua. Everybody knew it. And Washington really had no idea what was going on. They, they didn't really know what they were doing. They didn't know what their identity was. And it went to the end of the game where the Dolphins knew what they were doing. Washington didn't. And the Dolphins ran a two, they scored a touchdown in the, the game. They could have, they could have won the game. Yeah. They could have basically 
jumped, got up in the basically the, the tank of that, like the, 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 they would hurt their draft position, but they knew what their goal was and they intentionally did not complete the two point conversion. Washington did. Eventually, Washington did lose a couple more games down the season, end up getting the number two pick. But th- that game on Sunday is going to, if Washington's season is a disaster and they don't get the number one pick, that game on Sunday is going to come to mind because that was their opportunity. And if that is that the direction is Caleb Williams, they blew it. Yeah. Because I, I don't know this Cardinals. I remember Zach. I remember that play too. I think it was a, it was a wide receiver screen to Jarvis Landry. And he like pretended yeah. like not to know the play, and the the defenders that were blocking for the screen like pretended they like I think they pretended they pretended like they didn't know what their blocking assignments were, were and the the play completely blew up. And the Dolphins air quotes lost the game, even though they very yeah. well uh, yeah. won it. All right, so that's yeah. enough. Uh, that's enough Commanders talk for now. Hopefully, we have good stuff to talk about later in the season. But I am certainly skeptical. I'm not skeptical of is you're going to see us on Friday at 11 o'clock for our game by game breakdown. It's going to be me and Mike McClure. We're going to be giving our favorite DFS plays for each and every game by then. or Actually, I should say by later today, our FFT DFS contest will be live as well. So make sure um, you look out for that. I'll be tweeting it out. It'll be tweeted out from the main fantasy football today uh, account as well. But for now, that's all the damage we can do. This is fantasy football today. DFS. And we'll see you Friday.